0: Um, So now we're going back uh, to what we talked about last couple weeks with the benefits of salvation, right? Do you guys have an idea, remember what that was? Lincoln, you got anything, Emma? Do you remember what we talked about last week? (laughs) Baptism, right. What we should do as believers in Christ, something that God has commanded us to do, not for salvation, but to honor him and glorify him. And so now we're coming to the other part of the Lord's Supper. And uh, so and I speak to everyone here, including myself, when I talk about this too. It's not just for the kids, the adults too. So I, I learned a lot just studying this just recently, so I <laughs> had a lot of help. Um, but we're going to go into what is the Lord's Supper. And so I have a pretty good definition on it, which I think is really good. Uh, the Lord's Supper is an ordinance or command of the New Testament, given by Jesus Christ, in which believers are given bread and wine to proclaim His death on the cross, and those who receive the Lord's Supper share by faith in all benefits of Christ, um, death, and become spiritually stronger in your walk. And we know this from what Scripture tells us. So, I'm going to read the Scripture. It's a little long. Uh, bear with me on that. 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 26, um, For I received from the Lord, that which I have also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So I know it's a lot to read on to you, but basically Jesus commands believers, okay? Remember it's believers. I'm gonna really be strict about the believers part there. So Jesus commands believers to have the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him through his blood that was sacrificed for us and the body which was given to us by taking of the wine and bread as symbols of his blood and body. So now let me ask you guys a question. What is the correct way to receive the Lord's Supper? It's kind of a long shot. I know it's a big question after everything. but I just thought I'd ask. You guys got any idea? Lincoln? No. <laughs> okay, at least you're honest. <laughs> Good, thank you. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. It's encouraging. <laughs> well, Emma, what about you? What do you think? Okay, no problem. It's, not, it's, a, it's a big question, but here's kind of what we summed up. So the correct way to receive the Lord's Supper is that those who receive it are to examine themselves. And there's the big one that's going to be part of all this. Whether they correctly understand the meaning of Christ's death, whether they have accepted him as their Lord and Savior, which will be seen through repentance, love, and obedience towards God and his word. Otherwise, they will be eating the bread and drinking the wine in a way that will not be pleasing to God. And so we have to examine ourselves to make sure we are believers in Jesus Christ, which I'm gonna go over kind of those parts a little bit so you understand it. Lincoln, I know your eyes are closed, but I know you're listening, right? (laughs) Poor kid. Oh, you're tired, okay, poor guy. Well, Emma's doing it for you. She's holding strong, it's good. Okay, so the way we examine ourselves before we take of the Lord's Supper, right? So one way we do is the meaning of Christ's death, okay? So Jesus was born without sin, and he never knew sin. Okay, his death was the perfect sacrifice for the payment of our sins and past, present, and future. So when his death paid for everything. And when he said, it is finished on the cross, what do you think that meant? So when he was on the cross, his last word said, it is finished. What do you think that meant? Anything? Yeah? You got it, I know you do. Okay, basically it just meant that the debt has been paid. It is finished. It is done. He paid it all, okay? He did everything on the cross for us on that. And he defeated death and sin by his resurrection, okay? So God's demonstrated his own love towards us, and yet while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, for I delivered to you as the importance of what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to scripture. So we have to understand his death and what it did for us. And that's why we honor him through the Lord's Supper. We have to understand the meaning of Christ's death, that he died for us. He died for our sins to make payment for that, that we rightly deserve to be under God's wrath. We deserve that punishment, and yet he took that for us. So we have to understand why he died for us, right? So now the next part of that, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Can you accept him as your Lord and Savior, or in your Savior, or just like, just your Lord, what do you guys think about that? Can you do just the Savior and just the Lord, or do you have to have both? Just the Lord, yeah? You have to have both. I like that. That's good. So scripture is clear that we need to believe in Jesus Christ and repent of our sins, right? We've talked about that many times, repent and believe, right? It's the big one. We also know that Christ died for us to save us of our sins as our Savior. We know he's the one who saves us from our sins, right? As the Savior. But he is our Lord too, Right? Do you know what it means for him to be our Lord? Okay. Sorry, it's a big one, I know, sorry. So think of it as like we are now, because remember, we were slaves to sin before we knew Christ, and now we're slaves to Christ, which is where we get our freedom from, right? And so when we're slaves to him, he's our master, he's our Lord. We want to honor him through obedience, honoring the commandments and trusting in him and listening to all those commandments and just obeying him because he's our Lord yes, he is our Savior and our friend, but he's also our Lord and Savior. And poor buppy, It's kind of like the analogy, like, let's say, Emma, I was coming over to your house to hang out, and you open the door, and I'm like, hey, it's Stephen Cannon. And you're like, hey, Stephen Cannon. Well, Stephen, you can come in, but Cannon has to stay outside. Does that seem weird? A little weird, right? Like, why would you let Stephen come in, but not Cannon come in? And so, kind of funky. So with Jesus, we can't just say, oh, well, Jesus come in, but Christ can't. Or Christ can come in, but Jesus can't. It's gotta be both. It's gotta be your Lord and Savior. And that's how we need to honor him as our Lord and Savior. We accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, right? So you have to make him Lord of your life by your repentance, turning away from your sin, the love and obedience to serving him, and of course, obedience towards him. For we know if you love, where Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's what we know as the true marks of a Christian. If we love him, we keep those commandments and honor him. And of course, we go into, I'm briefly just going to go into this part about his word. We know the word is the truth. The word of God is truth, It's sufficient for us, and that's what we stand on as foundation of truth, right? It talks about God's attributes, it talks about his righteousness, and even the plan of redemption to save us from our sin. So we lean on that truth as part of it, too, as... Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness, so that a man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. So we lean on the word. That's a big part that we need to understand that that's the truth we stand on, correct? Does that make sense to y'all? Okay, we'll talk later, I love it. So let me ask you this question. (laughs) So what happens when we don't understand these things and still take of the bread and wine? So if we're doing communion right now, we hand out the bread and wine, and we went through the scripture and started doing that, what happens if you didn't understand any of that and you just still did it? Okay. Okay. That's okay. You're getting there. I love it. I love the thinking. So basically, it brings judgment on ourselves, right? Because in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, therefore... Whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, so unworthy, right, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself. So he's saying, but a man must examine himself and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. But here we go. For this reason, many of them, you were sick and weak and a number slept. But if we judged ourselves rightly beforehand, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, so we will not be condemned along with the world. So if we do this without knowing any of these, if I didn't make Jesus my Lord and Savior, if I didn't understand his word, if I didn't understand Christ's death on the cross and I still partook of it, really, I'm just putting that on myself and and it's judged against me and it's not a good thing. It's not pleasing to God. Um, It will not be pleasing to God to partake of the supper without examining yourselves beforehand, especially if you're not a believer and I stand strong on that. You have to be a believer to understand and even do the Lord's Supper. So we don't say, no, you can't do the Lord's Supper because you don't know Christ for just the sake of just saying it. We do it for, well, the protection. <laughs> and protection in the sense that we want you to honor God rightly, right? It has to be done the right way. And so that's why we stress with baptism, right? We, we talked about last week that you have to be a believer. You want to repent and believe before you get baptized because if you get baptized before, it does nothing. It's meaningless, But like with the Lord's Supper, if you truly are a believer and you partake of it, then you join in unity with the church, the members, and honoring and remembrance of what Christ did for us and everything he has done for us and will do for us. Um, So the Lord's Supper should be done in unity of the church to proclaim Christ's death and remember what he has done for us. It is a command of Jesus Christ and such we need to do this in remembrance of him. And how important it is, I'm gonna end it with this. In Acts 2.42, where Peter was talking to them, Right as they, the 3,000 souls were saved at that time, I'm going in a little context, but he says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and prayer. So it could have been all these other things they said, but they said these four things is what they do, right? Breaking of bread and the prayer. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. So only if you're a believer should you take of the Lord's Supper. And if you have any questions about that, talk to Owen, talk to Ray, talk to your parents. You know, I'm, I encourage you to ask questions. You can talk to me too. I, that, whew, no pressure. But I would love it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll lead you in the right path through scripture. But the ultimate thing is we want you to make sure you know what's going on. We don't want to send you blindly to say, oh, here's this juice and this bread and just do what he's doing, the pastor, and just do it, right? We don't want to lead you that way. That's terrible leading. We want you to understand what Christ did for us, why we should take up the Lord's Supper, and what it is for. it. it's not for any other legalism. It's not for uh, to just to do every week because it's just something we have to do. It's to do it in remembrance of him, what he did. Okay? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you have any questions, definitely ask one of us, okay? So we'll go into prayer, all right? God, we just come once again to you and just just thank you so much for allowing us to come to you to talk to you and to talk about you through the word and we're so thankful for the aspect of what you've given us as the lord's supper on that day to honor you and remember what you did on the cross for us that your sacrifice uh, was the the payment for us and your life was the cost and we're just so blessed for that that you know we rightly deserve the punishment for our sins and yet here you are (laughs) as an all-loving god perfect in love just took care of that for us. And now we trust in you and believe that you are the true Son of God. And we thank you so much for this opportunity to honor and glorify you through the word. And we just thank you once again in your name. We pray, amen.